0: Heroes One One Radio Show. <laughs> we just want to Welcome, let it roll. I mean, never... that funky groove at the beginning.
1: I, mean, I do.
2: I do. I mean, we're called Stories from Hell tonight, so I mean, I thought I'd throw that that word out there right away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how macabre!
2: Yeah, yeah, macabre. You just added another macabre. Say, wait, say, say that again.
0: I I don't know yeah, how to say that. Be- I don't know this language. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Say, do me a favor. Say, what is it that you wrap things in on the barbecue, that shiny stuff?
1: Foil. <laughs>
2: Damn it. Oh, you, got, you know what I was trying to get you to say, right? <laughs>
0: oh,
1: man. You I'm sorry. You
2: weren't trying I'm to sorry. get me to say
0: cling film, were you? A cling film.
1: Uh, cling
0: film. Or yeah, cling, cling film is what we call your saran wrap. There's your uh, there's your English lesson. Cling, cling film. Okay, what do
2: you call what else do you call foil? Is there another another word you say? I don't know what it's made of. I'm well, messing with you right
0: foil. now, right? Well, I was a kid, but, uh, oh well crap! That, no, no, you call it tin foil. I don't know. I don't even know where I live anymore.
2: That's my that's my <laughs> uh, my favorite uh, Englishman on the other side there, guys. I got to mess with him because I like to hear what he says. When I say let's go there right away, he says let's go there straight away. Don't you? Have, have I caught you doing that before? I think I have.
0: You've you've never called me doing anything before, but uh, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, if if you're you a great counts. power, then I am great responsibility. I would say.
1: <laughs>
2: I was trying to get you to say aluminium.
0: Damn it! Oh uh, <laughs> no, we did not call it aluminium foil. We call it tin foil or silver foil or
2: what the tin hell? foil.
0: <laughs>
2: Somebody's <laughs> giving me a bump steer on everything. Anyway, okay. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. She said, I've,
2: I've derailed us enough, right?
0: Yeah, you killed it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's I it's did. Dead now. We may as well just quit. Uh,
2: you guys, everybody go home. <laughs> no, I that's it. So yeah. anyway, we're going to do over. We're going to have Spectre uh, bring us in the proper way. Sorry, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> <it's> really?
0: <familiar.
3: laughs> really?
0: So you know what, I've gotta I've gotta give you a warning in advance. If if you hear some kind of trickling water in the background, that's that's not me of having course. a really badly timed bathroom break here. That's uh that's <laughs> my stump pump in my back cave trying to uh, rid my house of water that's pouring in the wall at the moment from this crazy, crazy storm that's going on here in New York. Right, so then, right. Wait,
2: the five year storm. I read it was called a five year storm. Yeah, it felt like
0: it's been raining for five years. It just didn't stop but uh wow.
2: Wow, dudes! I, I just want you guys to be safe. Uh, really, seriously, I've got family out there. You know, you know, I just, when I hear about any type of weather craziness, I know you guys are tough. Yeah, we are. You, I, you guys, yeah, yeah. Because you know, I, whenever we're there, and we were just there like a couple weeks ago, um, and I, I turned, I turned to Victor and I went, "You know what? These motherfreaking New Yorkers are, are so tough. I mean, look at these kids. We're walking around in Brooklyn, and there's so many kids walking around at night." And they just have jackets on. It's nothing to them. And you put our little kids out here in 37-degree weather, and they're going to be crying. They're going to be half-passed out because the cold is just freaking them out. But you guys, the kids out there are like, yeah, hey, Mom, can we go? Can we go here? Can we go there? I go, look at these. Even the little kids are kicking our asses.
0: Wow. Yeah, man. You know, the, the first time I, I moved over to New York three years ago was in the middle of uh, Hurricane Irene, and uh, we were in the oh, cab. But- Airport. There was an earthquake. It was in the middle of a heat wave. There was an earthquake in the middle of Manhattan, and and a pretty big one for for our coast, I guess. Right. Um, and then there's Hurricane Irene a few days later, and, and everyone's panicking. You know, fill the bathtubs with water and stealing bottles of water from work to take home with them in case they they dehydrate. And then, like two hours <laughs> later, everyone's in a bar in the middle in the middle of the West Village drinking <laughs> cocktails, hurricanes, and going "Fuck you, Irene." <laughs> Just you know. Right. <laughs> It's uh, Yeah, it's, it's on a different mentality,
2: I think. Oh, it is. You know us. We have to drive everywhere. You guys, you know, you take uh, – I was driving home tonight, and I realized how many cars around me just had one person in the vehicle. And I went, yeah. wow, we're a bunch of wussies. Look at this. You know, and in New York, I didn't need a car. I've never needed a car any time I've been out there. You just get from one doorway to the next by taking subway and moving your ass, walking, you know, and it just feels better. So, yeah, yeah, it really does, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it does, you, know,
0: there's some, there's you guys are in better
1: shape,
0: I, I, yeah, you know, I, I take the train into Manhattan every day on the Metro North, and, uh, you see some interesting characters there, there's, uh, some, some crazy people, I was on a, uh, the last train, <clears throat> the last train home last Thursday, and, uh, you, you never see so many interesting people as you do on that last train, like, you know, there's, there's the rich bankers who probably earn 500 grand a year, sat next to right. the guy who's, you know, <laughs> Who's drinking bottles of dubious-looking stuff on the train, and and they're all as blasted as each other, talking the same old shit <laughs> to each other. And it, there's something kind of leveling in in public transport, you know.
2: Oh yeah, no, seriously, it's it's there's that connection. And even if people are all on their cell phones, they're all on it together. So we're not yeah. all stuck in individual little you know rolling steel like we are over here. It's just, wow. And then everybody gets brave over here. Everybody's you know surrounded by this this, you know, four-ton piece of steel. So, yeah, we can flip you off and be rude because, you know what, you can't get inside my car and I can hit you with my car. Out there, uh, everybody, you know, I'm not saying people don't get into it out there because my very first visit to New York, yeah, I saw somebody attack a cab (laughs) with his bag of groceries and he said, just like out of a movie, i fucking walk in here. And I, I lost it. I went, wow, five minutes in Manhattan. In and there you go. It was, it was hilarious. But I, I'm sorry. I'm Like I say. I, see, I derailed us again. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, it's, no, you did. You <laughs> talked about your, your sub pump and your, uh your, your you know, I don't want you guys to flood. I really don't. That, that's, we're getting, you know what, though? We're going to make your Nor'easter look like a, a wimp because we're getting our, it's called The storm of the decade coming here. Yeah, next couple days. I know, and we're witsies. We're not used to that. So you know, people can't drive. They see a few drops of rain, they go, "What the hell?" And then there's (laughs) accidents and death, and you know.
0: But uh, I just realized,
2: who are we? Who are we, Specter? And what are are we doing
0: here? Who the hell are we mm-hmm. <laughs> so we are we are the hero initiative group, and we are a bunch of activists and people who get involved in outreach and uh various community type projects uh for the betterment of our community i guess is probably as good as I can explain it um and you know we uh no, and we we've been cooled and we've been associated with uh the real life superhero movement, which you know for better or worse i i i think it's a good thing i you know i've I've met more uh, more good people through the real life superhero movement than I have through probably any other project that I've ever been involved with in my life. So, you know, I certainly can't complain about that. Um, you know, we don't uh, typically run around wearing spandex, although actually I've got a story tonight that claims that we do. Um, but uh, you know, we, we, we we still <laughs> like the whole superhero yourself, huh? idiom. It's not a bad thing.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. We we love it. You know what? I'm I'm starting to embrace this this whole cause play cause and 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 we're starting to think of it as cause c a u s e you know um play because you know we're we're dressing uh, but we're doing you know with a cause for a cause rather you know and we don't do it out on the streets we'll get in more into that you know later but there are people who do and we know and love a lot of them and they hit the streets in their costumes so we're part of that and we are uh Heroes Radio 101 which this is what we do we talk smack, but we try to teach and make you laugh at the yeah. same time. So, oh, there you go. That's, there, that's our new bumper. We talk shit, but we try to teach you. <laughs> I don't know, something like that. Anyway. I'm Yeah, you know, we're talking today.
0: about the, the whole costume thing. thing. We <laughs> had a show unmasked a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, where we had uh, just a whole yeah. host of characters from across, you know, various different activism groups, including real-life superhero types. Oh, yeah. And and you know it was it was inspiring. I thought there was uh, you know there were a lot of good points made for and and against various costumes. And uh, you know I think the message that came out at the end was there's always a time and a place for everything, and uh, you know just to use what works.
1: That's
2: right. That's right. Absolutely. Um, oh, speaking of cosplay, I gotta give props to Geekpile who's in our chat room. Uh, pile Radio, they're pretty awesome too, and they're. That's exactly what they are. They're a bunch of geeks and they talk about geek stuff and they have geek people on there like Lucasfilm people and uh, Venture Time people and, and just, you know, and by people I mean people who create that stuff. So they're pretty cool. But they, specifically Vector, uh, invented or came coined the term cause play. So yeah, there you go. I'm giving you a shout out. Shut up. Quit bugging me. <laughs> um, but we uh we love this whole superhero thing and, and you know, tonight's show is is all about that, uh stuff that goes on with that. But before that, speaking of stuff that goes on, um what do you guys have going out there in, in New York?
0: What have we got? Yeah, we we had a kind of a big build up to a couple of um big outreach events around Thanksgiving and uh you know, since then things have actually gone a little quiet. Um one thing that we're really looking to do, um and I would encourage any listeners who are interested to get in touch. But it is recruitment for the New York Euro Initiative, um, and this this could be anything from if you want to get involved in the homeless outreach side, if you want to get involved in crime patrols, or or, or just. Um, if you want to just be one of those people who helps out donating time on facebook or time you know time gathering supplies to give out you know whatever it is that you can contribute whether it's you know your cooking skills or or ingredients to help cook stuff <laughs> no. for homeless people i mean you know really whatever skill you have we we would value it there's there's nobody who we turn away and say hey you're not good enough for us you're not you know we we're not looking for for ex military crime fighter types you know it's uh, just just any right. person who's got <clears throat> He's got time and goodwill is, is the kind of person that we would love to hear from.
2: Right. Everybody's got stuff to add. They saw, Everybody's got something they can contribute to the group. Um, and, you know, you've got two wonderful uh, leaders of, of the team there. You've got Spectre, my awesome co-host, and you've got uh, Dark Guardian is is a, a longtime member as well. Um, and you guys probably know Dark Guardian. And if you don't, check out the um, it's an HBO documentary. It's on Netflix still. It's called Superheroes by Michael Barnett. So, and, and you know, you'll see you'll see one of our members, Dark Guardian, uh, on that. Um,
0: Jeez, so I mean, if you guys look are looking at the internet, Dark Guardian is pretty yeah. much. I think fifty oh, yeah, percent yeah, yeah. of the internet is dedicated to Dark Guardian, and, and the other half is porn. <laughs> <laughs> so, something like that, I read. <laughs>
2: well, as long as it's not Dark Guardian doing porn, I'm all good with that. Okay, because <laughs> you know, it's like my brother. No. He is a good-looking guy, but I don't care how good-looking you are. Then again, unless you're Tom Hiddleston, maybe, maybe. I don't know, maybe
1: anyway, <laughs> anyway.
2: Um, look. Now who's derailing so, us? Uh, we love it, though. we we are we are the sum of all all our derailments. Um,
0: so, and the, let's see. the west coast, what have you guys got going on at the moment? We
2: we we've got. I'm I'm basically begging, and yeah, I have no. When it comes to the type of stuff, I have. I have no pride left, Spector. I, I will beg. I beg people for I didn't have to as much last year because we had friends who were just, you know, they had hoarded all these coats and warm winter items, and they're going, can we bring them to you? And there was one day when I literally walked up to my front door where I literally, no, let me change the literally in that sentence, where I walked up to my front door and there were literally 14 or 15 bags full of clothes sitting there at the front door that a friend had dropped off um, for our, our outreach. But this year, we've only got, you know, so few bags of clothing in our outreaches this weekend, um, and we're trying to have an outdoor street boutique, which is pretty cool, you guys. It, it's it's kind of degrading to have to dig for clothes through a garbage bag that's put on the ground in front of you. You know, it's hard enough to be homeless, but then, you know, it, it practically treated like an animal. The intentions are good, but the actions themselves are just so... Anyway, what we do is we take all these clothes that we get, these warm winter items, and we put them on hangers that we get donated to us from Old Navy and other stores around here, and we hang them up on clothing racks that we've purchased. And then we put them out on the street, and we have somebody helping to regulate how many people can go up to the racks at a time and how much stuff they can pick, so we try to spread it out. but. You know, each time we've done that, there's always been someone who will come up and say thank you. Uh, you made me feel like a human again, or thank you. You know, I, I didn't have to dig through stuff on the ground, or and it's it's things we don't think about, but you know, they they make you aware of it, and the and the gratitude that they have just makes all the trouble, all the begging that I have to do because I have to beg my ass off, especially this year to, you know, get donations. Um, it makes it worth it. But we're doing that. We're doing that this Saturday, and we've got our Toys for Tots drive going, too. So if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area and you're listening, hey, man, reach out to us. We will come pick up your stuff. You don't even have to leave the comfort of your home. I will come to your home and pick this stuff up. If you want to donate a a new unwrapped toy for Toys for Tots, or if you want to donate scarves, hats, uh, gloves, coats, whatever, we'll take them. We'll take them. Just contact me. I'm on Facebook. Look for – there's not T-shirts and shorts, man. Sometimes we get people doing that, and we're going, what are we going to do with this stuff? Save that for our summer handouts. But, yeah, you can reach me on Facebook. Um, I don't even know who the he- – what I am on Facebook. Just look for just look for California Hero Initiative, and, and you can find links to me. Um, but uh, moving on from there, what's going on out there? i got to tell you, oh, you know what, Spectre? You know what we might mm-hmm. do after Agents of Field tonight if it doesn't start pouring down rain? If it doesn't start pouring down rain after the show, after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's another protest going on in Oakland and in Berkeley. So really? we are, yeah, we got to be gearing up and bringing our first aid kits out there because um, we're not going to try to stop the tide. You can't. You can't. But you can try to help with the aftermath. If people get hurt or they're on the sidelines or if there's anything we can do to help people be safer, that's what we're going to be doing tonight. And I always say that we'll only do that if it doesn't rain, because if it rains, then it usually disperses the crowd itself, so we don't have to worry about. But they have been relentless in their protests. They've been stopping freeway traffic, and um, I, I applaud them for their for their you know their vocal presence. Um, I don't like the few that are coming out there and beating the shit out of the businesses, you know, or other people because that's happened. So if you're listening in and you're doing that, fuck you. Stop screwing up the peaceful protest. You're you're directing the energy to um, the negative side of everything. So, you know,
0: anyway. Exactly. You're you're undermining what you were setting out to achieve in the first place. Yeah, yeah.
2: Exactly. And uh, yeah. you know, you so,
0: know over here it's, it's been, as you say, again, relentless day after day after day of the protests and, and you know, normally normally with these things I'm I'm kind of on the fence, you know, there are two sides to every story and I'm you know, I, I like to stay fairly objective. Um in this case it's you know right. it's just I was gonna say black and white, but that's kind of a bad joke, but um you know there's, <laughs> I right, get what you very, very clear who's right and who's wrong in this case, and, and that justice just has not been served. And, um, no,
1: and
0: I, no. I can just understand why so many people are so outraged. Um, and I must say again, like you said, in, in New York, um, the protests have been almost hundred percent peaceful. You know, I, I go through Grand Central on my commute every day, and uh, they've been having this this thing called a die-in in Grand Central, where they they literally lay down. They're kind of miming being right. Some, as in as in, uh, Eric Garner, who, you know, who was choked out by the NYPD and, and lost his life. Right. Um, and uh, and they, they have, you know, very meaningful slogans and chants and things. And um, I, I've been really impressed. You know, the police haven't bothered them too much. There doesn't seem to have been any escalation of the violence. Um, and the protesters have been very, very calm and, and kind of well behaved, but have also made their point. You know, they've held up commutes, they've held up traffic and... and you know, really stayed in the public eye, and uh, and you know, I think Mayor Cuomo over here has, has said repeatedly, "Oh, these guys are just going to disperse. They're going to get bored when the weather starts to suck. They're all going to go home." And you know, I think they've is mm-hmm. that to drive them on to to keep on going. And and good on you guys. You know, just keep it up.
2: Right. That wasn't a very wise thing to do. I mean, put you know, wave that flag in front of them, saying, "You guys won't, you know, last very long." Of course, it, it'll just drive them to to persevere. Now, yep. I'm with you. I think I, I can. I can understand. You know, I, I feel bad for the people who are stuck on the freeways. There was a lady who was stuck on the freeway last night during the protest, and it was, uh, I believe, for uh, two and a half hours, maybe three. And she was in her car, and she went into labor. Holy luckily, God. the right. Luckily, the the emergency uh, response, you know, got there and helped her out. But can you imagine? if something happened to her baby, if there were, or her, because she couldn't get to the hospital on time, or, you know, if something, long-term effects on this child or the mother just because of the protest. Now, I understand that people are going to say, well, you know, Eric Honor's life's gone. You know, yes, but but adding more death or, or injury is not helping Helping the picture it's not helping the cause it's just it's it's helping people to fight against you because now you seem like the bad guy and i and I'm all for the protest, do the protesting, protesting is what moves us forward and and even some violence that doesn't hurt anybody or anything. I can see burning things, sure, you know, maybe in the middle of the street, you know, um burning things in effigy. I'm talking about things like that, sure um. Because justice hasn't been served, like you said, and I believe that the scary thing is, and I and I can understand the frustration because, for a minute, to me, it felt like there was no more hope yeah. in any justice anywhere. That that if I were to ever have, and this is me, I have friends in the police department, family in the police, and I love the police. Now I don't so much, not anymore. Um, we had a friend who was, and you know this, we had a, a friend and bandmate who was <laughs> wrongfully arrested. And I'm sure everybody goes, sure, you didn't do it. No, he didn't do it. He got arrested for arson in our town, seven fires in one night, and he got arrested. And he got arrested because he was coming home from work at 2 in the morning, at the same time that some of the fires had been you know, set. Well, he spent a month in jail and was recently, uh, the past few weeks he was exonerated all charges were dropped because there was evidence like we've been saying all along they had the wrong guy. They caught the right guy. Okay, so but he, my friend spent a month in jail. And uh, you know, when that happened, I th- I thought great, that could have been me walking down the street. I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then all of this with especially with Eric Garner You know, I I just when you take away someone's hope, it's a very dangerous thing. Now, me, when I heard it was a homicide, you know, I'm like thinking, yeah, that that cop's got to go to, you know, to indict someone means just to bring them to trial, just to bring them to trial. He wasn't even indicted, and that's what gets to me. So there is no trial. There's, you know, there's no justice because you don't get the opportunity to weigh facts.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. So and you know when you look at the the history here as well, you know Eric, the guy, the guy who actually choked Eric Garner out, who, who literally killed this guy while while he was saying I can't breathe, I can't breathe, literally
1: right, choked to death.
0: Right. Um, this guy right. has a history of uh, of assault against civilians, of um, uh, of unlawful um, uh, strip searches as well. You know he's actually just stripped women, you know in the street and searched them, and uh you know I, I just think uh the world seems to have gone mad when that kind of things not taken seriously and and when you know regular citizens regular the regular joe's on the street can be uh can be victim to that kind of brutality and and the you know whoever perpetrates it can get away with it scot free
2: right right absolutely i mean we over here had oscar grant you know for the longest time i mean talk about violent protest that was just a few years ago oscar grant was was the young guy who was he was already in handcuffs, face down on the ground, and the officer shot him in the back. Um, and you know he was the officer wasn't found guilty uh, because he claims that he accidentally used his handgun instead of a taser because you know you you can't tell the difference between a handgun and a taser. Sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we've got, like, open wounds here that haven't healed yet. And then, yeah, this – so hope, like I said, you take away hope um, of any justice, and and it gets very dangerous because then people start to look for their own hope and they start to place it in their own justice, which is what's happening. I I fear – I understand it, but I also fear because, you know, we live right next door to Oakland, and uh, Richmond, two of the scariest uh, crime-ridden cities in the United States. So eh, we'll see. We'll take it day by day. But anyway,
0: but and I think as well, it raises the question that if you can't trust, you know, I, I guess to one extent, you're supposed to be able to rely on the police to protect you, not not to kill you. Right. And and but if you can't right. even rely on the police, not only to protect you, but even to to you know work with the public in a in a safe and controlled way, and and you know avoid this this kind of crazy brutality. Um, then, then, mm-hmm. what, what have you got to fall back on? And uh, and actually, I think some of the stories that we're going to have from people tonight, you know, may kind of uh, elaborate on that point. But uh, you know, I, I think for me that, especially in the in the line of work we do and in the, the type of activities that we have, um, you know, the police is kind of a last line of defence. And if you can't rely on them, you know, what, what do you do there?
1: Oh,
2: that's that's absolute truth. And I think that's what we're seeing manifest here is the fear that everyone's feeling. Same thing. You're supposed to protect us, and now I'm afraid to go to you.
1: Yeah. You know, don't call the police.
2: It shouldn't be, don't call the police. You'll end up getting killed. That should not be what comes to mind when something's going down, and and unfortunately it is, so... (sighs) well yeah,
0: and you know i, I think it, and i'm not trying to say that we uh, we act in any way in a similar capacity to the police but you know there, there are times when we uh, in our role in the, in in our volunteer work go up against criminals and and i say go up against you know this may be criminals coming up to us and confronting us on the street it may be you know mm-hmm. it may be drug dealers that we're trying to deal with and uh, you know people trying to break into in break into stores in the middle of a, in the middle of a protest like you say and um, I, I think the you know, the difference in mentality with the way we go about treating those people, um, probably because we're not in a position of power. We we're, we're not people who can say to these guys, get the F out of here and, and, and throw them out. Um, you know, we, we have to right. work with them on, on their level, you know.
2: In a way I think that makes us more successful. You know. Of yeah. course we don't deal with it day to day. And and you know, I've gotta put this out there, this disclaimer that That doesn't mean that there aren't, like I said, we have police in the family, we have police that are friends. There are police, not all cops are bad cops or dangerous or, you know, don't uphold the law properly. There are wonderful police officers out there. It's just these, these few are making the rest look bad, which happens with us too, with people in the real life superhero movement community, whatever you want to call us. You get a few bad apples, and it draws attention to to anything negative, you know, um, and, and it negates a lot of the positives that we do. So, um, the stories tonight will will highlight that. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was a good that was a good
2: we're segue. Teasing. We're teasing everybody. I know we're going and these stories tonight that we're about to bring up, and everybody's going shut the hell <laughs> up and
1: get to those stories. So,
0: so you know, and and I. I, I I don't know, it, it kind of, you know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about do we do this show or not, because I think everyone likes to hear the war stories. Um, my concern was mm-hmm. always that it paints us in a certain light, you know, it the one. I guess
1: mm-hmm. the one problem we've had over the
0: years is being painted as vigilantes and, you know, dog the bounty yeah. <laughs> kind of characters and, yeah. or, or just, yeah, just complete nutbars, you know, who, who just do stupid things and put themselves in harm's way, and you know, we, we've we also been trying to get away from that image over the years. Um, so, you know, I, I guess our biggest disclaimer in these stories is that, you know, is don't try this at home. You know, the, these aren't situations <laughs> that we uh, we try to end up in. This isn't anything we encourage. But, you know, sometimes right. sometimes stuff happens, things go wrong, you know, the best laid plans and, and all that. So, uh, um, you know, I, I just wanted to say that up front that, uh you know, we we have many, many patrols where either nothing happens or things happen and everything's completely safe and 100% no issues.
2: hmm And this show is about the 1% of <laughs> nights that go wrong. And that's why we called it Stories from Hell, because that's what it feels like out there sometimes. Everything goes in a slow motion, scary type of hell. And <laughs> that's what we hope to bring you tonight. Oh, so I'm so scared. You be quiet, Nightbug, who is manning our um, board, our studio board, as as he is wont to do on these Tuesday nights. Um, Yeah, you're right. We were talking about this. I'm glad we did it because we're always talking about the positive side of hero work. We're always going, yeah, so we got rewarded just from the good feelings we got from doing this, helping that person, doing that, you know. But we never talk about, yeah, I went home crying or, yeah, I got scared poopless that night and, you know, et cetera. I've already said the F word. Why am I censoring the S word? Doesn't make any sense. Anyway. um, Yeah,
0: you're you're right. I mean, like... and, and you meet, you meet. I, I don't know, I meet a lot of new kids who want to come out on patrol, and they want to sign up, and they're all into this, whole I'm going to be a superhero thing. And, and you know, you say to them, oh, we, we're going to give out sandwiches to homeless people, we're going to give a homeless guy some socks and some gloves, and they're like, boring, tell, tell me about the time I pulled a gun on you, dude. <laughs> I, I don't right? want to talk about that, really? that stupid. <laughs>
2: I know you're trying to put it behind you and and not bring up those bad feelings anymore. They want to hear about it because it's exciting stuff. Yeah, I get it. So, yeah. so with that, do you have a story you'd like to share with us?
0: Call do in. I? Well, um, and, and uh, actually, before I start running my mouth again, which I'm wanting yeah. to do, um, let, let's invite other people if they want to to dial in to share stories or call us dicks or whatever it is that they they feel like doing. Um,
2: Call him a dick. Don't call me a dick because I, I'm, I'm very vulnerable right now and I I might cry. I'm lying. You can call me a dick. I'll call you something back. It'll be fun. Uh, yeah. So to call it, uh, There you go. Thank you, Morpheus. Uh, can you play that again? I like that. I like that little yes. new Morpheus. <laughs> this is new Morpheus soundbite. Yay, Nightbook. Uh, our, our call-in number is, get your pens ready. Ready? You got one? Okay, put your sandwich down, get your pants. Okay, 347-326-9827. And you can also join us in the chat room. Chat room, man, we're we're reading those chats right now, and we will respond to you. We've got a few people right now in the chat room and uh, dropping some listening. Thanks, chat room people, for being there, and um, Geek Power Radio for joining the chat room, too. Um, oh, you
0: yeah. said yeah. Geek, right? is a regular chat room.
1: What did you say about that? What
0: was that, Specter? Oh, I was saying GeekPile's our regular guest in that chat room. <clears throat> and you know, yeah, these, I, I'm listening to this. I'm not a big podcast guy. You know, I listen to music religiously and it, any, anything with people talking tends to put me to sleep, which is probably slightly hypocritical given the circumstances. But uh, uh, So I'm, I'm listening <laughs> to GeekPile the other day to the to the zombie episode, and holy crap, was that funny. And <laughs> I mean, it was just—it was everything from you know, are you going to bug in or bug out to uh, to, to a born again Christian coming in debating with Teddy Robskin of all people whether the that was
2: hilarious
0: Revelations is going right? to be Ed rising in the rapture or whether it's going to be zombies and oh, it was absolutely hilarious start to finish. So, it was
2: uh, hilarious. Dude, dude thought it was real. He thought we were actually you know prepping for a zombie invasion and that we were all serious about it and. And uh, and then he started uh, uh, preaching to us about you know revelations and things. I, 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 he was a nice guy, but I don't think you want to talk about that stuff with Teddy Ruxpin. That's not very you know. <laughs>
0: Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> uh, people who don't know. Yeah.
2: Uh, Teddy, yeah. Uh, te- thank thank you, Night uh, Teddy Ruxpin is a uh, look him up, guys. He's an internet sensation, and he's not very um, subtle, so. You know, the kind of guy you want to get into uh, 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 well you do want to get into a debate but just be prepared to get your feelings hurt because you know
0: your fucking feelings
2: right your fu- fucking you feel- fucking how did you say your fucking feelings yeah <laughs> he's, he's awesome first of all Teddy Rubskin is a bear and that's all I'm going to say and, and no I don't mean that metaphorically he's a bear literally so um, yeah look, look him up Teddy Rubskin uh, so with that
0: he, do you have a uh, uh,
2: story that you'd like to share, my my esteemed co-host?
0: You know, I do, and and this is really really weird. You know how these these strange coincidences happen. Um, so this morning, I wake up, and um, a friend of my wife's who knows nothing about this this whole real life superhero thing sends her an article which is called. Uh, here it is. I've got it. It's actually on my Facebook page. It's on the New York Hero Initiative one. It's called "The Secret Life of a Volunteer Superhero," uh, and the, the, the subtitle is "Meet New York's Amateur Avengers: The Nighttime Warriors Who Patrol Our Parks and Safeguard Our Streets. Spandex and Face Paint, Most Definitely Included." <laughs> and,
3: uh, what? I,
0: <laughs> and I have to say, I have never worn spandex. I'm not even sure in my life if I've worn spandex, and I've never not worn not even face as a
2: rock star.
0: Maybe a little bit no, you know, I just used to get my kit off on stage and just not not wear very much because um, I was kind of hairy and sweaty um but, uh, but yeah this this article is um is written by a guy that uh, Dark Guardian and I went out with about two years ago now um so i I don't know why it was it was kind of long coming um but it's a really long, well written article that kind of delves into the human aspect behind a patrol and uh, and it starts off with um Dark Guardian and Afame who was uh with us at the time, um, just patrolling around the West Village and it and it kind of just talks about how, how boring a patrol can be when you know, when it's a quiet night and and really the boring nights are the best nights, you know, in terms of uh things being good and safe out there so you can't complain but it can be a grind you just walk for miles and miles and miles and you know see the odd drunk and help them home or you know help them to a subway stop or whatever um but then the story kind of changes and, and moves on to harlem where uh dark guardian and i went out on a patrol and you know we were pretty new to the area around there we didn't really know what we were looking for Um, And essentially, we ended up going up to a a park in Harlem River Park, which is kind of the very north end of Harlem, um, if you follow Park Avenue up by uh, Harlem 125th Street Station, kind of north of there. And it's a big, it's a Mm -hmm. really nice park. You know, they've got a baseball field and a football field, and it's all kind of floodlit in the evenings. And um, so we're walking up there, and and the floodlights all go out pretty early on, like 9 p.m. or something. And uh, we we walk up to the park and and decide to walk through it just just on our patrol route. And uh, this this reporter Ali, who's kind of a young guy, you know, maybe late teens, early twenties, um, is with us. And uh, we we end up walking through the park, and we see a whole load of sketchy stuff going on. There's people selling drugs. There's a guy getting a blowjob on a park bench. You know, there's like everywhere around us. There's sketchy stuff going on. There's there's lots of um, of I guess some kind of prostitution going on there as well, whether it's men or women
3: mm-hmm. and there's
0: pimping out going on. So it's a really, really, uh, probably the sketchiest area we'd seen in, in Manhattan and Brooklyn and Queens combined. Um, so we walked wow. through and we noticed someone was following us. So we, we kind of did a big detour around the park. And uh, eventually the people who were following us kind of uh, gave up and, and moved along. <clears throat> And we decided we we did a bit more of a tour. We broke up a fight outside some bar and came back and decided that we were going to stand on a bridge that kind of overlooked this park, and we were going to try to get photos and video evidence that we could then pass on to the authorities. Um, so we're still on a bridge and we've got flashlights, kind of big mag light flashlights on us, um, and we're we're taking video footage of the park. And we suddenly hear uh, we suddenly hear a ton of shouting from down in the park, and and there's some shouting. Uh, some guy shouting, oh, what the fuck are you looking for? What the fuck are you looking for? And it, it's all dark oh, wow. and all the lights are out. And we just, you know, we couldn't see a thing. Um, so eventually this, this guy, and he's fairly old, he's probably, you know, I guess uh, probably in his 60s, um, comes literally like running out of the park roaring at us, um, and screaming uh, screaming about how the lights are turned off uh he was basically saying that the lights are out you know you're not fucking supposed to be here um, white boys aren't welcome in harlem anyway you guys are cops and kept referring to him oh, no. as, as well um and he had a cane oh, as well he was like the stereotypical pimp with a cane um so as this guy's giving us some abuse, he kind of comes up onto the overpass, and he's pretty threatening. So uh, Dark Guardian takes out his cell phone and phones the cops and says, look, you know, there's a there's a pimp threatening me on, on this bridge in Harlem. And they said, yeah, yeah, we'll send a unit out to deal with it. Um, and this this guy's there about 15 minutes, and, and he, it gets it escalates to the point where he literally gets on the phone and asks two of his friends. One of them is called AK, and he asks this guy, AK, to come down and shoot two white boys outside Harlem River Park. Um,
1: oh, wow.
0: By that point, we phoned 911 six times over the course of 15 minutes and told them, you know, this guy's threatening us, he's threatened to shoot us, um, and, and gave them the whole spiel. And we ended up just saying to the guy, look, you know, we're, we're moving on, we're moving on, it's all fine, and we, we walk off the bridge, and... Um, you know, we're all we're all pretty shaken up by this, at the fact that any minute now a car could drive by, you know, and and who knows what these guys have got and, and I mean the the guy was literally threatening to get people out to shoot and kill us. Um so we're walking along, we're actually like walking behind buses and things because we're expecting to be gunned down at any minute. And eventually we, we we're we're kinda of walking away from the scene and the police phoned us back and, and asked if we were all right, if everything was okay. And we we literally said to them, we could be dead by now. You know, it's been 20 minutes since we phoned you saying that someone was threatening to shoot us in Harlem River Park. And, you know, not even a patrol car has turned up to take a look yet, you know, which is, is just completely nuts. Uh, um, and, well, uh, you know,
2: because it's much easier for them to show up after when everything's done. You know, they can clean up a body easier yeah. than they can, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, it's their job to take reports, Nightbrook saying. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, really. I, and, and, you know, it even begged the question about have they been paid off to stay out of that area? Because, you know, literally we're walking five blocks south of there into central Harlem, and there's a cop car at every corner. You know, it's, they're crawling all over the place. And, and we got stopped numerous times by people wanting to check if we had weapons with us or not. So, <clears throat> Which, wow. you know, I have to say 100% of the time we don't. So it's a, it's a good thing. But, you know, the place is crawling with cops. Um, and... Uh, you know, what, what's really crazy and, and really scary and makes this my story from hell is a couple of days later, I, I follow the NYPD on Facebook, and they announced that that night when we had called it in, they had arrested two people outside Harlem River Park, and those people had had automatic weapons on them. And they actually showed a picture of the weapons haul that they had got from these guys' apartment. Um, and it had, like, I mean, it literally had an AK-47 on their dining table. It had Uzis and, like, 9-millimeter pistols. And, you know, these these guys were absolutely strapped to the hilt with weapons. And, uh, you know, they, they could so easily have just driven up there that night and shot us dead. And, and probably no one would even have found us until the morning, you know. No, no. Maybe.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, the fact that, if you're going to put two and two together that that those guys could have been the guys that that you know his that his uh that was called by that guy, you know, um to come and shoot you guys. If if they were the one that showed up with their guns and they got arrested, yeah, then I guess that's pretty good timing, you know. Um that that you weren't there at the time it had, had been shot, you know, by these people, but I'm just I'm still kind of lingering on the fact that 20 minutes and no police
1: Twenty yeah, minutes. Yeah.
2: When you know darn well in certain neighborhoods, we can go, I can call the police and they're here. It's it's laughable how quick they are, yeah. and we always joke that here in this area that uh, they have nothing to do, so yeah. they get yeah, the yeah, chance exactly to right. pull over anyone or to, to check something out. And yeah. They're all over it because they're so bored.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we we had someone faint at a cocktail party last year. And we had two cop cars and a fire, and the turn up. and <laughs> you know, within like two minutes of that, it was like an army of an army of servants. Right,
2: just 'cause somebody fainted. But when you get, you know, in New York, it's just you know it, it was said somewhere before there, there, you know, there's only one cop for how many thousands of people, and that's scary. That's really scary.
0: Yeah, Um, you know, I I must say as well, I'm not trying to put down the cops, and like you said, I mean, both of my parents were in the police when I was growing up, so I, you know, I I have a very good um, opinion of the police, and, you know, we, we, and I guess you do as well, we see the police a lot when we're out on patrol, we've, you know, we've helped them out a lot as well when you see the the poor rookie who's left on his own and, and, you know, is being bombarded by a mob of uh, of just abusive teenagers or whatever, and, you know, all it takes is a couple of other people added to give them some moral support. Um, so, you know, I, I don't want to put down the police on this show and make it a big anti-stop no. thing. Um, it's, it's not not that way.
1: No, but, uh, yeah. You know, at the, the same
0: time, 20 minutes after a 911 call, after six 911 calls and nobody turns up, that, that seems pretty, uh, no, something's rotten been... in Denmark to me.
2: Well, that was really considerate of them to call and make sure you're okay after.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's yeah, they exactly. didn't want to get in the car and right. check.
2: But, uh. <laughs> no. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that could have turned out really badly. And that's just, you know, people could argue playing devil's advocate, well, you shouldn't have been there. You shouldn't have been in that dangerous area there. You know, yeah. leave it to the police. Well, the reason that you guys do go into those dangerous areas is because the police aren't there. The police, you know, you live to the police. It's never going to happen. So yes, we do take big risks by doing things like that. But who knows what you could have you could have helped out with that night? You know, you never know. And, yeah,
0: yeah, and and you know what, uh, I must admit, a lot of and and I think Dark Guardian and I probably share a mentality on this. Is um, when when you see criminals being so brazen, like like they own the area, like you know they've got no fear of any kind of repercussions, and they're just out right. there dealing drugs and and you know hookers in broad daylight, and and it gets to the point where communities don't even want to use their local park because there are so many scumbags in there just just ruining the area for the for the people who are paying their taxes and actually living a decent life, um, you know that that pretty much drives us crazy, and I, I think you know, it's it's not like we want to step in there and confront those people and try to kick them out ourselves, but there's certainly an element of, hey, let's get in there and and gather some evidence that we can then present to the authorities to, to, you know, demonstrate how much of a problem this thing has become. Right.
2: You know, and here's the thing, too. I'd like to think that, you guys, I know, but I'd like to think that most of the people in the real-life superhero community are well aware of the risks they're taking and, um, try to at least train themselves the best they can. You can't train yourself for everything, but you can train for as much as you can and then hope for the best. What is it Edna Mode says? Luck favors the prepared. Well, unfortunately, that's not the way it is with the Real Life Superhero community. I would say maybe 30% are are non-delusional and aware of what can really happen out there because there's a great many who are thinking that this is like, I'm that man and they're going to be you know just watching from the rooftop and able to rappel down and save someone who's getting mugged at the right time that's not real life and no it doesn't happen um, to
0: me too many
1: weeks
2: no yeah yeah just wasn't <laughs> a while right? <laughs> but and we've known people who have who who just didn't have the grip on reality that they should have and they got hurt very badly um and that's a story that we'll get into uh as soon as we welcome this caller that we've got here...
1: Oh, right, okay. When, yeah,
2: we got a caller. Welcome, caller. Who are you, even though I know who you are? But for the listeners, who are you?
1: I'm Batman. I'm Batman. You know what? I'm just happy. you <laughs> <laughs> no. <so> good, Batman. <laughs> this
4: is uh, Drop. John Drop. Hey,
1: John
4: also Drop. Also known as... Uh,
2: Also known as what?
4: <laughs> Was with your mom last night. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, Dude, you this is get God so drop. much
0: more applause than we do. We get like one round of applause. You get like right? three. Yeah.
2: I you know. Huh? That. Uh, That's really she good, said. John Drop of the Washington Hero Initiative, everyone. Uh, we got groups all over the country and uh, in Europe, and uh, he is in the Washington Hero Initiative. And Drop, you know what? Drop, you, you do security for a living, don't you? So, yeah, um, yeah, I get,
4: I get all sorts now,
2: of what going on. <laughs> yeah. Now, now in the hero work, we're, we're looking specifically because you've been at it for a few years now, um, from what yeah. I know. And, uh, Drop had a story one time that he wrote about. I'm not going to put you on the spot to tell the story tonight, but he wrote about it one time and, and before I even knew him, I read the story and I went, holy crap. This is when I first got into the real life superhero um, thing, and I was kind of delusional too. I was thinking we could do this and this and this, you know. And and then he he wrote a story about uh, a dangerous thing that that uh, that could have gone down. That did go down, but luckily he turned out on the the okay side of it. And and it really just shook me up. It really did to to where I was thinking, what are you thinking? Well, well
4: you know what they say. They say God watches over drunks and idiots. Um, so right, I had both going on that <laughs> night.
1: Yeah, you know
4: what? Can
2: you tell me I, now that I, put, I I am putting you on the spot? You know, if you want to, you can you can make it as long or short as you want. If it's too long, I'm going to tell you because I'm rude like that. but Go ahead.
4: Uh, all right. Yeah. So um, <laughs> this is a few years back. Um, probably right around the time I first kind of got into things. Um, my mom was in town. Uh, visiting me, and uh, we, uh, in Seattle, they got this thing called the Underground Tour, and it's pretty freaking awesome. They basically take you underground, and you get to get to see all the old tunnels that used to be in Seattle, and that was basically how people got around um, until they realized that they were just basically drug, crack, crime dens, where people were getting murdered and whatever, so they just sealed them all off. They're still there, though, and you can do tours of them. And we were going to go do that, and our tour guide was sick. So we, instead of doing the smart thing and just going home, we ended up staying uh, in this area called Pioneer Square and just, uh, you know, checking out girls and smoking cigars. And me and my mom <laughs> have a very special relationship.
1: Uh, but, uh, That's awesome.
4: <laughs> we were, yeah. But, uh, so, like, it gets a little bit later, around, like, 9, 9.30. Like, not terrible. And, uh, we're, we're heading home and we're like literally kid-cornered to the main police station in Seattle, like the big one, the one where like everyone's like, oh, this is a safe place to be. And I'm on the phone, uh, with my wife at the time, like, you know, letting her know, you know, we're at the bus stop, we're going to be probably home in, you know, half hour, hour or something like that. And, uh... My mom, I see her. with her eyes, just really fucking wide, and she's looking over my shoulder across the street. And next thing you know, I start hearing gunshots.
1: I'm like, oh, all right, uh, that's
4: that's wow. that's happening. And um, so, like, you know, I throw my mom into a corner and throw myself on top of her. Which she then later on she yelled at me about that. She'd be like, "That's totally messed up. It's supposed to be me on top. I'm the one that dies. You're you're the one that lives." And I'm like, sorry. Wow. <laughs> But, uh, I like your mom. <laughs> yeah, my mom's she's the shit. Um, but uh, <laughs> so so like gunshots, they they stopped. It Ended up being two guys um, with a 22 pistol. And they go one way, and then the people that were getting shot at, they were going the other way. So like, I tell someone, all right, you call 911, um, and I wasn't gonna follow the guys with a gun because I figured that was gonna end poorly. So I, I go over and I check down on the people that got shot. Uh, or shot at, and was like, hey, are you guys okay? Did, you know, anyone get hurt? And like, no one got hit, thankfully. But it, it was later on that I'm thinking about it, and my mom was telling me, like, yeah, they were fighting. And, like, they were fighting, and then the one guy pulled a gun and just started, sh- you know, squeezing off shots. It was like six, seven rounds. Um, so, if I'd seen them fighting, like, I was in that, that mindset of, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go break up the fight, and it'd be, go- be awesome. Um, and then I probably would have probably gotten a couple of 22 rounds in my, uh, in my chest. And the nice thing about twenty-twos is that they don't just, you know, go through you. They like to bounce around inside your ribcage. No, so yeah. I probably would have been, been yeah. fucking done. And the kicker was that mm-hmm. it was my mom's birthday. So, <laughs> so it would have yeah. been uh, one hell of a birthday present for my mom. Wow. Um, yeah. And so like, you know, and the, Even the worst thing was, like, PD show up and, like, they're hell-bent on figuring out who these people are. So, like, I tell them, like, yeah, the people who got uh, shot at went that way. And, like, they just booked it that way. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. Do you guys know where the people that were actually shooting went? But they were already gone. Um, But what I found out was that there was actually two incidents that both got called in, like, simultaneously with, like, similar descriptions of people. Um, so, like, the, I don't know, it was just a clusterfuck, because, like, they've got a whole SPD armada coming down there, just swarming downtown, trying to find, like, one person who's actually, they think is somewhere else, but he's actually over here, and it was just kind of wild, but, I don't know, it really kind of uh, opened my eyes to just how quick and how easily things can get over your head. So I kinda had to tone down the uh the Batman complex a bit. You know, I'm still an idiot and I'm still um, an idiot, but um, <laughs> uh, you, You're no. you're
0: a kind of idiot, John Drop.
4: Yeah, yes. but um I mean I I like helping people. I just you know, now I'm managed to be lucky enough to survive almost getting, you know, turned into Swiss cheese. So yeah, now I know you, not you, to don't do any that mom's anymore.
1: Birthday. I'm yeah I think exactly.
0: one one thing you touched on there, which um <clears throat> which I, I kind of wanted to mention earlier, and I completely forgot, which is kind of stupid, but uh you know I, I think to put a positive spin on some of these these crazy dangerous, terrifying stories is um you know what what do we learn from them what what would we do differently, and you know you already mentioned around uh you know not not going in all <laughs> i guess all guns blazing as a as a euphemism, but uh you know not not yeah. charging in like a bull in a china shop um. The, the other thing kind of similarly from my story I, I took the same kind of message you know A, things can turn can go south very very fast without without any kind of warning um and also you know the other the other point i took which i take very seriously now is that kevlar and, and uh, bulletproof vests are not a fashion accessory you know it's it's not something we wear to look cool and look like we're in the military you know that they're, they're really there to save our lives
1: oh yeah right. no,
4: i've i've almost gotten stabbed twice at work and uh uh unfortunately like I haven't been wearing my vest other time. Actually no, I did have my vest the one time it, it happened, but not the other time. And uh yeah, it's uh amazing how much safer you feel when you're wearing one of those things. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Because you are, so make sure you wear them from now on, dumbass. I don't want to hear that again. See, now I'm going. They're to speak sweaty.
4: Motor. They, they make me sweat. They can smell me. Oh,
2: poor <laughs> you! You still came home alive at the end of the night. You're a little sweaty. Take a damn shower. Oh yeah. Wear, that, wear some wicking material because really, it'll it boil, pull the moisture away from you no, underneath I, your
4: I vest. I sweat way too much for that. Like they need to make industrial strength. Like stinky gun or Weeping something for there. me. <laughs>
2: well, then you know what? Just. just... So a... I'm just talking shit. I'm actually. <laughs> I no, 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 no. Wear your vest from now on. I don't want to hear anything that, that happened to you because <laughs> you didn't wear your vest and we were talking about it right now. Don't make me come right, over there right. and slap you. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, but yeah I
0: heard about it. That makes story. me want to tell
4: you about stuff because I'll get you up in Washington now.
0: You know, it's a kind of it. brilliant yeah, when plan. When you get into this, this whole real life superhero <laughs> gig, um, and or any kind of public safety patrol, whether it's the guardian angels or whatever, you know, one of the first things you notice is these guys are wearing Kevlar. And then you go and try to buy some for yourself. And if you're looking at proper military or police style Kevlar, it's like six, seven hundred bucks for a decent bulletproof vest. And uh, you know, who's got that kind of cash lying around? And it's it's very right. easy. you know, I'll buy that next month. I'll buy that next month. And uh, it you know it's probably not worth leaving something like that until later.
2: No, it's not. It's not absolutely. I mean, think about it. The one time, the one time something bad goes wrong, you had the vest on. Yeah. You're living to tell about it on somebody's radio show. You know, yeah. so
1: percent,
2: it's worth it. Yeah. 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 And well, besides like that, we thing. found a place that sells them cheaper. So what's it? What was it called? We'll put a link up it. We Bug and I both got our vests uh from this place and I think I spent four hundred on mine and it is is it a three three A, is that it? Three,
1: yeah. Three I can't hours. remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. No, no, mine was I, I said I had to get a minimum of a three. So I think it a 3A, and it's a three A, that's stab uh stab and spike proof or resistant, you know, nothing yeah. but proof. So um, but yeah. So and and we found that, like I
0: said, mine was four hundred.
2: So you you got to check out this place. It's pretty cool. We know yeah. several people who have gone here. Um, yeah,
0: we even bought bulletproof vests on eBay, and and you know it, it kind of felt a little bit wrong to me to be trusting eBay with the, with the, something that could save your life. But at the same time, you know the, the prices were right, and they seemed to be decent products. So uh, you know what can you do? Right.
2: Cry. Right.
4: Cry yourself the, to sleep. That's what I do. <laughs> cry.
2: Oh, Christmas is coming. Who knows? Maybe Stan will be really good to you and get you really. Anyway, anyway, um, yeah, that story—the first time I heard it, uh, I it really woke me up and I went, "Damn, I would have been the person running across the street to try to break up a fight." And yeah. you know, so we all saw Stan by me. Come on, we know what happened to was Stan Chris? Was it Chris? In Stan by me, the good guy uh, who was played by River Phoenix who grew up to try to break a, what do you do, try to break up a fight between two people outside of a diner or something like that, and He got stabbed in the neck and died instantly. Yeah. Come on. Don't be like the movie Stand By Me, even though that's a really good movie. You know, just just you know. if you're a new R L S H listening to this, we're not saying don't go out and do what you're gonna do anyway. We're saying just know the risks, man. You run into yeah. something that you're not sure of, you're we know people who have been stabbed. We know people who have been shot. And we know people who ended up in the hospital, you know, and in the paper, um, all bloodied up from just not knowing when to not enter a situation. And yeah. that's, oh, it's safeguard? Is that safeguard arm? I think it, it might have been safeguard armor. I'm not sure. Anyway, what like a guard smart. We'll the, uh, guard safeguard smart? or
4: guard smart? It, I think. I think there's an American branch and a British branch. Um, I think they've. Can't trust the British British branch. Yeah, goddamn British.
2: Kidding. (laughs) 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 But yeah, like I said, we'll put up that link. so, so let me let we me do think know. About
0: something then, um just in terms mm-hmm. of you know we were just talking about basically not not putting yourself in that kind of situation but and and i mm-hmm. I've got my own opinions on this, but imagine you were in a situation where something happens, you know you are just confronted in a violent situation on the street and and you you know you may have someone flash a gun at you, maybe a knife, you know how how do you react mm-hmm. to that kind of situation and and basically try to diffuse it before it becomes really violent? Oh,
2: we've had that. We've had that. Yeah. You want to go first, Drop?
4: Oh, like how do you defuse people flashing weapons at you and stuff? Yeah, yeah. No, if you see one
2: flash, what would you do? Yeah.
4: Like, I don't know. For me, I always try and, like there's a a book called, um, oh, no, it's uh, uh, Verbal Judo. And the one tenet of that book that I do all the time at work is I always treat people the same way I would want to be treated under ideal circumstances. And like, for me, usually that means trying to be, you know, blunt with people and be like, all right, this is, these are the options right now. Like, you you know, we can either, you know, I'm going to back away and we can both walk away from this or things can get ugly and the police can get involved or, one of us can get hurt and then you're going to end up in jail, if not worse. And like basically just try and, you know, give people options. Like give people the option to walk away from things. A lot of times people will take it. And if there's something else going on, then you like, you can distract them. You can, I mean, it's never a bad plan to just back down. Like that's, absolutely. I mean, it's like, at work that like, that's what we're supposed to do. If we have the option is just to back away maintain observation, and let the police pick them up, because I will tell you, it is hilarious when people try and fight the police, when uh, you can't handle them.
3: (laughs)
1: Yeah. Because
4: they will talk all sorts of shit to you, and then they think they can talk shit to the police, and next thing you know, they've got six bike cops piling on top of them, and uh, it it really warms a a special spot in my heart when that happens. (laughs) Um.
2: (laughs) Now... I, I i agree with that we i when we were uh when we worked to occupy um oakland during the big occupy movements and occupy san francisco um we had uh we we had taken before they let you work uh security there and security is neutral security does not necessarily support the occupy movement it does not necessarily support the um you know the police whatever it's just there we're just there to keep the camps um yeah. safe you know, and so there is de-escalation training that they made you go through, uh, led by a couple of people from the Sui Getsukan Dojo. Dojo, um, Mike and Melissa at the time, uh, from Oakland's Sui Getsukan Dojo, were uh, teaching de-escalation courses there if you wanted to be, you know, security, and so we took them, and they, I have to echo what you said, Drop, because they did say give people options, you know, and... With your hands, you know, shown, not threatening, uh, you can back away. And, you know, when we teach our students, we teach them that too. That's one of the first things we teach them is there is no shame in your game if you back off, if you live to tell another, you know, tale another day um, because your freaking ego didn't get you killed. So yep. um, if you have a way out, take it, take it. So, so- hey, Yeah,
4: any fight you live. You live to talk, talk about, and that's how you win.
2: Exactly. You win. So you, that's exactly it. You hear that, newbies out there? You win if you can. And, and, and that's why it's always good to have an exit, because if you need to take that exit, you can take it. Now, Specter, you were saying, oh, what would you do? It did. It, it, you know, it, it's happened to us and people we know, or we've seen people who um, either tried to show that they were brandishing the weapon or, or you know, tried to act like they had one hidden somewhere and such and we've been like, Okay, see ya, yeah, yeah, we gotta go. We uh Drop, were you with us that time that somebody came at us down an alley um in San Francisco during a needle pickup? No I we had a no, you're... we had a bigger group with us, but yeah, I, I know what it. it was our one of our other guys and Spectre that's that's one of our stories is when we were doing our needle pickup, we had a big group with us Sometimes that's to our detriment because people see big groups and they get scared. So we tried to make it seem like we were just a big group walking through the the alleyways, you know. But at the same time, we were looking for needles. Um, But there was a big guy on – he was obviously on a high or either coming down, something bad was going on. Um, Whatever drugs he was on, he saw – one of our members of the group as a Nazi. What do you call him? He said, "Oh, like a he, like a frogman or." <laughs> oh yeah, he, he completely thought that one of our guys was a Nazi for some reason, and he got really violently angry and started storming at us like he was going to do something. So, you know, we did. You know, there were a ton of us and we could have taken him, but he was a really big guy and kind of scary. We gave him his alley like, you know, man, it's your alley. We'll see you later. You know, even if we could yeah, take I mean, you down, what's what's the point? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the so, thing is,
4: like, uh, I've noticed that a lot of people, like, even me, when I when I was getting into work, like, I was really kind of jonesing for, like, you know, I really want to, you know, put someone down and, and, you know, get them in cuffs and get them, get them, get them arrested and, like, all right, what's the fucking point? Like, unless they actively hurt you or something like that, like, what is it, what is it mm-hmm. accomplished to get someone behind bars? Because if, you know, most cities, people, yeah, they're in jail for like day, two, maybe three, and then they're right back out because mm-hmm. the systems are just full of, you know, jackasses mm-hmm. that got high, made a bad choice, like, it doesn't do any good. I mean, all it does is just stroke your, uh, your ego for like half a second right. and then, and meanwhile, you you know. Contributed to fucking someone else's life up, who's already having a hard time. With things like that's like that's that's really something I really harp on with people is be like, all right. I mean, really consider like what is the big picture? Like, there's no point to pick a fight with someone, even if you can take them. Like, like what's the purpose? Like, sure, if you see someone, right. you know,
1: you
4: know, beating up someone half their size, like yeah. Oh
1: put sure, them sure. Put them in, then
4: come into
2: someone else's hole. Right, exactly. But, if, but if it, been it a, hasn't even happened bit, yet. A not yeah. a choke <laughs>
4: yeah. No, uh, it's a vascular neck restraint.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Does
4: not put any damage but, on, on the yeah.
2: Exactly. But, no, that's a good point. Don't You know, do what you can and then stop. Do what you can, that's safe, and then stop. There's no reason to just, oh, man, the adrenaline. We've seen it. The adrenaline gets flowing and people just lose their shit and they're out there and they hurt somebody or they get hurt. Um we heard of a, a one guy who who kind of went out on a patrol. I think you guys all know who this is, and happened to take something stupid because Specter had mentioned you guys are one hundred percent weaponless when you're out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we we literally take mag lights and uh, and you know first aid kits and, and that's it. Right.
2: Yeah, because you're not out there to. Well, this guy took a shotgun with him, so now I bet you know who I'm talking about
1: and he
2: he went out, and he was pretty well known right in in the real life superhero community uh very vocal and he he always advocated you know taking a gun with you and i just I never agreed with that, but uh he ended up getting into an altercation with someone at a trailer park and and of all things it was over loud music. That someone was playing in the trailer park. And anyway, he got into it with the resident of the trailer park and and uh you can read about this in the news. All you have to do is Google the name Beasting and you know it's public knowledge because he the 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 shotgun during the altercation the shotgun discharged and it went around went into a trailer uh, and and luckily, luckily, there was no one there to get that round, you know, um, to get hit by that round. So no one was hurt, but he did get arrested. And I believe he did a little bit of time for that. Uh, but that's, that's something. I would say when I think of uh, things that go wrong, I'd say that that is a prime example. But it was also set up to fail from the beginning if you're bringing a loaded shotgun with you on real life superhero patrol you're you're kind of the accident asking to happen
0: yeah, yeah you know what i think you've got to also look at um how you would be perceived for doing for taking those actions you know in any other circumstances and you know any other person just walking down the street with a shotgun into a trailer park or something you think this guy's nuts you know you, you don't think of that person as a hero you think you think of them as quite the opposite you know
4: well, everyone's seen you know yeah. Tarantino movies, and that that's basically the next Tarantino movie. Like it, it, it just writes itself. We yeah. just need like
1: yeah.
4: Uh, yeah, what's her name? Uma Thurman. We just need her to be in there somehow, and uh,
1: yeah, we'll
4: have we'll have the next cult cult hit. Uh, like yep. people don't see people with like open carried firearms as at least the, a lot of people don't see openly carried firearms as like oh that's something. That uh, I don't have to worry about, <laughs> like, right? If you're gonna get right. into an argument with them, like, uh, it's it's just a bad fucking plan. Like, at least it is. at it least is. conceal carry, yeah, conceal and, carry and, shotgun, that, that'll work.
2: <laughs> in the, exactly in the vein of bad, you know, bad planning uh, along that vein. There's there's also there was another story. Oh, excuse me, story that um, we were we were almost uh, what ringside to to um witnessing and it was during it was during Occupy again uh time uh we had teamed up with another group out here in Northern California to try to um you know just help with the protesting and help keep the peace and such and and Nightbug and I were on our way from our hometown, um to to Oakland, um you know, to get out there and take our shift in the uh in the patrol park around the camp and as we're driving on my motorcycle we uh see all these red lights behind us. They they aren't sirens. There aren't sirens going off, but there are red lights. And we hear this these this you know these loud engines coming near us and they they happen to be police car engines and we pulled over what did we lose track at? Forty? Fifty? We counted fifty cop cars zipping by us they had obviously been staging in our town to head out to occupy so we knew that that was going to be one of the nights that they had the uh that they had the raid because we were we were watching out for those nights because we didn't want to get caught in all the tear gas and all the craziness because people were getting shot you know they're getting really hurt with the with the rubber bullets or the beanbag bullets whatever they are whatever they are they hurt and and they can you know somebody got a skull cracked uh, from being close to one of those, yeah. So um, we didn't want to be there. So we we tried to um, contact, we tried to text the, the people that we know that were heading out there, and we said, hey, um, do not head out there. They're they're heading out. There's going to be you know they're going to have one of those raids tonight. Well, we had one guy from the other team. It was it's not our team. It was uh, the other team that we teamed up with who decided that he was gonna. What were his words? Nightbug, you're going to have to help me with this, because you still have all those texts, don't you? <laughs>
1: he,
2: yeah, because Nightbug said, you need to get out of there, man. They're on their way. And his words back to Nightbug were, unless I want to see some action. So that. he decided he was going to see some action and stay. And then we said, okay, man, be safe. It's not the smartest thing to do, because it's going to get crazy there. And, and sure enough... The next morning, we get a phone call from his teammate looking for him. And then we're all worried. Now, we're all going, okay, what the hell happened to him? Well, then we get a phone call about 15 minutes later, and his teammate said that he had seen his shield. He actually brought a Captain America shield to Occupy. He saw it on the news, apparently, yeah, I'm going to put the name out there. It's not like it's not public knowledge. It's uh, His name was The Ray, and The Ray decided he was going to protect the protesters from the cops. And while his intentions were, were good, I'm, I still question them since he said, I want to see some action. You know, um, that was straight out of his mouth. But even if his intentions were the purest, the way he he went about doing that wasn't very smart because um, I heard it from the I'm friends with uh, actually I can't give it out somebody in the Oakland police force and who's in internal affairs and they said that uh, yeah he got he tried to fight off the police officer and um, he was dressed as a ninja and had the, the sword I mean not the sword the shield and he got he got a uh, hit in the face by a cop. And when the cop hit him in the face, he, I think he broke his nose. And... Uh, so oh, yeah, you can... No, he didn't break his nose. You can see his nose. But you can see... If you if you look it up, uh, you can see that his eyes are... Uh, there was an article about him in the F Weekly. In fact, it was a cover story. And he, yeah, he ended up spending time in jail and in the hospital because he got some stitches, got a broken face, um, basically, and... Um, you know, that's to me, that's another hero story gone wrong. Uh, but being dressed as a ninja and having Captain America's shield—maybe, maybe it wasn't such a heroic thing to do. Um, but it's definitely a gone wrong story.
0: Yeah, yeah so, you know, uh, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the whole—you know—with the whole police brutality thing recently. That, you know, I, I yeah. I think there's a lot of room in society right now for video videotaping and, and capturing evidence of things that are not right because you know nothing nothing tells a story like it like a video that goes viral on YouTube that you know kind of uh, paints <clears throat> paints a, a correct picture when you know when lies are being spread around as facts. Um, but on the yeah. other hand, you know. Being a hero and, you know, diving in there and trying to fight cops off of someone is just just seems to be plain dumb at the moment and a, and a good way to either end up in jail or, or get yourself killed.
4: Right. Yeah. right. It's kind of no, funny. Um, huh?
2: Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead.
4: It, yeah, I was going to say uh, kind of another story about riots. Um, <laughs> for, uh, like, Mayday... Um, I think this was last year for May Day. Uh, the Y was out doing, um, uh, you know, just like public safety stuff. And we, like we were all completely gray, like not dressed up in costumes or anything like that. We didn't even have insignia, I don't think. Um, and uh, we're going out, and one of the other teams in Seattle, uh, we ended up kind of meeting up with them on accident. And the way we met up with them is that we found them in the middle of a brawl. <laughs> on uh, Capitol wow. Hill, and it's it's wow. it's funny because like the the video uh, the best video that we have is actually the helicopter cam, and you can see uh, me and uh, my other teammate we like running towards the crowd and like back like basically just like pulling these guys out, out of the riot and the the funny thing is like so like me and uh partner, we ran in and, uh, you know, started pulling people off and pushing people away. And one of the guys who was actually on the other team, he thought I was a protester. And he actually, like, socked me right in the face <laughs> while I was trying to wow. uh, pull him out. <laughs> wow. And, uh, sorry, he got me a beer later. But, um, <laughs> you see it all on yeah, camera. Yeah, we could have
2: broke your jaw, you know. No, no,
4: nah, nah, you'd have to, I'm, I'm really hard to hurt. Um, <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, no, it it was really interesting because, like, the frustrating thing about it was, like, the video only showed, like, everything that happened after stuff started. It didn't show how things started. And Mm. I think even if there was video of how things started, I think it would still be open to misinterpretation because, like, you know, depending on the angle and depending on how close you are and, like, there's all sorts of stuff. And it's – it's really a double-edged sword to have video and stuff like that because sometimes it'll just show all the bad parts and it won't show the, you know, the whole picture. And... Right. Yeah. So, like, for one thing that I wish a lot of people that did did this stuff did was just write reports. Like, like get used to writing police reports and get used to, you know, understanding what a, a valid legal document looks like and how it how it sounds, like you know, knowing not to put in too much detail and knowing not to, you know, what details not to leave out and stuff like that. and Like, I, th- I think that would be immensely helpful to a lot of people just to have that skill because, I mean, even if there is video, it can always be misinterpreted. Like, look at the the Eric Gardner video. Like, yeah. I mean, to most right. people, that looks like a chokehold. And, like, to, you know, a lot of people, I mean, it looks like a uh, vascular neck restraint that may have been put on a little bit off to the side, so it, you know, may have done damage, but not enough, I mean, you can go either way on it, but, like, there's, there's always leeway, so, like, really what it comes down to is, you know, how well you can articulate, that's, you know, it's CYA, can you articulate cover your ass, right?
0: Yeah, 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 I agree. And I, I think also on the video topic as well, you know, there there is a, a high degree of risk in, in taking video. And, you know, it, it just kind of reminded me when you were saying that about the, the protests um, Guardian and I got involved in a really similar thing in in Brooklyn last year, where uh, again a, a young coloured kid was shot dead by the police, um, and you know it was one of these ambiguous things again. They said he had a gun. He, said, you know, witnesses said that he didn't, and uh, there was kind of a back and forth. But the, the community was was incensed, and it, it it was kind of one in a long line of um, the, the black community feeling like they were being victimised by the local PD and. Uh, you know who, who obviously are largely white, and and it became a, a whole kind of race thing, and uh, there were there were days and days of, of protests and riots down in Brooklyn. So uh, so Dark Guardian and I went down there, and we decided that as there had been reports of police beating up the protesters, we would take uh, take some GoPros down with us and, and capture some footage. So we had these GoPros strapped to our chests as we were walking around. And a lot of the protesters decided that because, you know, Dalgadi and I are both very obviously white guys, you know, we're kind of as white as you can get. And um, and and they decided that we must be cops, you know, undercover cops trying to capture behind-the-scenes footage of the protesters or trying to capture faces or something. And they, they literally kind of pulled us into a corner, and there were seven or eight big guys surrounding us. Um, just ready to, to just beat the crap out of us uh, because they, they decided that we're wow. top and we couldn't say otherwise. Um, Holy hell. And really the only way we got out of that was just talking our way out by saying, look, you know, we're doing a public safety patrol. We're just trying to keep everyone safe. You know, we're, we we were working with a couple of people from the Red Cross who were there that night as well. And, you know, just by, just by trying to put a voice of sanity in there, we talked it down and, and ended up just walking along as part of the protest mm-hmm. and getting on with the people. But it was really, really touch and go there for a minute. Yeah. Oh,
2: sure, sure, because, you know, if they're thinking that you're recording <laughs> against them, woo, yeah. you know, yeah. it's easier to talk to one person than it is to talk to an angry mob, so I'm glad it didn't go down badly there, too.
4: Yeah. It kind of makes makes me wonder about the value of almost having, like, a positive public presence. Like, I mean, normally, at least when we do stuff, like, we try and, you know, keep our names out of, out of all possible things but it kind of makes me wonder if like you had like a track record with like police reports and you know video and whatever like it seems like that would be very helpful like for whatever reason you know something just went terrible like it seems like it would be good to have you know not only like you know have your friends and family be like no he's a really good guy he mows the line he doesn't wear his underwear two days in a row like, but actually, having like you know, police reports are like you know, this guy did this. He, you know, it was a verbal de-escalation situation. Like, I, I, food for thought that I am actually going to start doing. I think so. There's, there's that. No, you should. You know
2: why? And, and this is this is what this is proof in in your theory. Um, the what recently happened to my friend uh, Stephen, who was arrested, you know, um, wrongfully accused of the arson. You know that we were talking about earlier in the show. Um, everything that he had done up to that point only painted a, a good picture of him. You know, yes, you can have all your friends and family be witnesses for your character witnesses, um, but you know when they went looking through his stuff because they did they 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 went through his apartment. The police, and then they uh, um, they took his computer, and if you've got nothing that that uh, you know tying you into any any negative or criminal activity, that's that's a plus because they're looking for it because they really looked for it on him. So if you're keeping records of your good deeds, dude, you never know when that's going to come into you know, especially especially if you get arrested for something. It's it's good to have all that. So yes. Yeah. I would say start keeping records of of every good deed that you do, um, and and Facebook put it on Facebook. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people see it as bragging. I see it as that was evidence that people yeah. people look through uh, that and all you can see is good stuff. You know.
0: Yeah, so, yeah I would agree. You know, it's less like uh, it's less like ego feeding and more just like record keeping. I think.
4: Well, I mean, you yeah. could make a coffee table book and, like, give it some nice bronze, like, gilded hinges. And, like, um, I'm sure it would really go over well if you ever brought, like, in-laws over or something like that. Like, then it would be ego-feeding. Mm-hmm. Uh...
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, um, I'm, I'm tired. Oh, <laughs> you're pushing. Yeah, you just got off of work, too, huh? Thank you for uh, sharing stuff with us. We've only got six minutes left, and I'm trying to think, is there... Because um, I'm trying to think of our outreach now. If anything uh, had had gone wrong during our outreach, um, then we've we've had things go wrong, but nothing goes horribly wrong. Because obviously we're both sitting here right now and able to
1: still talk about it. No,
0: oh, I you, you, know think what I what I think is always the most disastrous failure in in any kind of outreach situation. That? is when you see mm-hmm. the the poor guy who's freezing and, and looks to be in a bad way, you go over and offer a blanket and a sandwich and a care pack, and they say, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not homeless. I'm just waiting for my girlfriend. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh
2: yeah. man. Did that happen <laughs> no, to you? <laughs> oh, yeah oh yeah. yeah. oh,
1: yeah. Pretty bad. That's
2: pretty bad, all, dude. <laughs> Always air on the
4: side of caution with that one. Or not caution, you're on the side of being wrong, though, you know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, because you never know Oh, my God! Thank you. Thank you, Nightbug for our little incredible health
1: music.
0: Hitching a ride in the
2: car shape. Right, Right. Now, now, Skid Row was kind of scary. Uh, uh, when we were in uh, L.A. Skid Row um, last year, we were trying to do some outreach. Now, Skid Row has thousands. They have the largest uh, consistent homeless community in uh the United States at any given time, from between six to eleven thousand people. That's a lot of people in a very short area, and wow. um, yeah, they they anyway. So even in the you know broad daylight, we were getting swarmed, uh, swarmed to where we were kind of uh. fearful because we only had so much stuff, and everybody wanted to make sure they got their share. So uh, yeah. we had people that were starting to climb onto the back of our pickup truck, you know, to try to get into the stuff that was there. It was just a, that, you know, that could, and you do want to help them, but it's kind of overwhelming when, when you watch, it's like a movie where suddenly all the zombies swarm at once. That's what it felt like. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, even during outreach, you have to be careful. You know, little kids always want to join us on outreach. We say yes, but only if there's a, a protective parent right there. Because you know it's good for these children to see, you know, the good side of of the compassionate side of humanity. You know, uh, cause and effect right there. You know, but at the same time, we don't want, you know, the swarm to come in when there's kids there, and and you know you got you got to keep it under control. That can go bad really quickly. What's that nightbug? Your nightbug is is moaning to me that we only have three and a half minutes left in our show, so, um, yeah, on, it flies fast.
0: Where does the time go? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right, right.
0: So, I don't know, um, should we talk about some of the crazy stuff that we've got coming up on, on the next shows? And, and I'm, I'm particularly excited about one, just, you know, we've kind of gone really serious this episode, and we had the very kind of, I don't know, very, like, heartwarming outreach episode prior to that, but uh, we, we've got mm-hmm. some kind of stupid stuff turning up soon, right?
2: We do, we do Not next Tuesday, but the following Tuesday We will have <laughs> We have our own version Heroes 101 Radio's version of A Christmas Story And uh, we've got a couple of guest stars Who are in on that uh, fun little show um, I don't want to give up too much But uh, yeah, this is going to be a good one <laughs> So
3: It so has to end again. here
2: uh, Christmas Carol. No, it's not going to end. Shut up, Arnold. It's going it to, has dark. to end here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's coming up. Next Tuesday is is still to be announced because we're up in the air about uh uh who we actually are having as a guest host. Uh, I mean, not a guest host, but a guest speaker. So we'll we'll keep you informed on that one. But you know what? It won't be boring. I don't. This is maybe just me, but I don't think these are boring i think they're very informative um and sometimes fun so next no, I, week's will be I just i i
0: see pretty informative i don't know about the other person on there.
1: yeah 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 shut up <laughs> <laughs> Wrong! Uh, and, and you know Wrong here's indeed. the thing we've never said this
2: i don't think we've ever said this but i uh, you know or maybe we have but i'm going to say it again tonight um if you guys have an idea for a show, let us know, because, you know, we're obviously based on um, real-life superhero <laughs> happenings. And uh, if you want to you talk about some some type of uh, real-life superhero, or, or or something that's not, geeky stuff works too. Um, give My Little a Pony. For a show.
0: My Little Pony, yeah, the Bernie <laughs> show.
2: The Brony Show. Mm. You know that you was You guys hear about the
0: furry movie. convention that got like hit
4: by like mustard gas?
2: <laughs> wow, we're gonna have to talk about that a whole show on that one. That's too damn funny. Wow, and we know I'm someone. Not funny. It's it's terrible,
1: terrible but it's scary.
2: Uh, It's a little bit. Wow. Weird, but, so. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I mean, it is kind of funny because you're saying, you know, it's fucked about Mr. G- <laughs> It's fucked up, but it's funny. We laugh
4: because otherwise we'll cry.
1: Funny 'cause it's true. Um
2: anyway with that, yeah, so so look forward to that. Look uh, you, and you can catch any of our other shows. Uh we have archives of everything. If you wanna learn about basic self defense, if you wanna learn about superfoods, if you wanna learn about nightclub safety, if geez, we've got everything. Check out our archives. They're all on iTunes, they're all you know, Heroes One O One Radio. Um, they're all podcasts, you can listen to them on your way to work and such. But uh, with that, thank you, everybody. Thank you, John Drop, for calling. Thank you for people in the chat room. We appreciate you checking us out. Um,
0: Thank you, Nisberg, on the soundboard. I always forget that guy.
2: I know, because he's so good at doing his job. We don't have to. And thank you, my my British co-host, my favorite Englishman.
0: Oh, thank you very much indeed, (laughs) as well.
2: Well... You guys have a good night. Talk to you next Yeah, week.
0: thanks. You guys have been
1: awesome. Hey.
0: We'll uh, talk
1: soon. Bye.
4: Bye bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye